0: So today, the title of my message is, Are You a Captive or Are You a Prisoner? And tonight, or this afternoon, I want to talk about what does it mean to live a life of someone who forgives? How many of you understand that unforgiveness can hinder the blessings of and and just the the things of the lord in your own life regardless of who did it we are called by jesus to forgive forgiveness is tough it, it's hard there are so many people who are prisoners and bound by unforgiveness, and they're wondering why they can't get freedom or get, um, or, or, or they're or seeing these things happen in their life. They're like, man, why do I keep struggling? Why this? Why is my health? Why this? Why, why, why? And they don't know why, and the Lord's like, I know why you have unforgiveness. All these years, I've counseled many people. We prayed with many people who needed deliverance. We've seen a lot of folks set free, but sometimes it seems like we hit a brick wall. You know, you're praying for someone, and you're just like, man, we are just not getting anywhere. Other times we pray, and, and um, it, it, freedom comes like that. But on the hard ones, you know, you're, we, we kind of step back, and like, okay, Holy Spirit, what is wrong? Where is the blockage? Where's the hindrance? And the Holy Spirit always says, ask for forgiveness. And so we'll ask, we'll um, is there someone that you need to forgive? Yeah. Are you willing to forgive them? Yep. We pray and boom, freedom comes like that. You see, I like to say this. Unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to get sick. You're the only one that's going to get jacked up. Go, go, go. Yeah. Yeah, I drank this poison. Yeah, revenge on you. Ugh. Does it make sense? Isaiah 61.1 says this, The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has appointed me to bring the good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim the liberty to the captives, and to open up the prison doors to those who are bound. Why does God distinguish between captives and prisoners? Let's look at these words real briefly. Webster's Dictionary defines captive as this. It's a person who has been taken prisoner. Example, you're walking down the street. Somebody jumps out the car, grabs you, takes you in the car and drives off. You're a captive. A prisoner, by definition, is a person legally held in prison as a punishment for crimes they have committed or while awaiting trial. Example, I go and rob a bank. Stick them up, buddy, and the cops bust me. Where am I going? I am going to Bear County Motel. (laughs) Where they keep the lights on for you. (laughs) I will be a prisoner. Why? Because I broke the law, and now I am awaiting punishment or trial. What I have found out is this, is that a captive is someone who has been affected by something and a prisoner is someone who is locked in unforgiveness. You're driving down the road. Somebody gives you that one finger salute, telling you how many kids they wish they had. And as a captive, this is what you do. You might get upset. Oh, I can't believe they did that. Well, whatever. Water under the bridge and you just keep on going. You don't let it affect you. A prisoner is when somebody offends you and you take it to heart and out of that, it roots, the root system turns into bitterness. And now it's like, you know what? I can't be in the same room with them. I don't care who they are. I don't like them. That's why we have families who don't even come to family gatherings because they're upset with somebody else. They are locked in a prison of unforgiveness. And unforgiveness is the root and and it's the channel way, or you could say the gateway drug to bitterness. Ephesians 6.12 says this, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic power of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of the evil in the heavenly places. Beloved people who have been taken captive, get free by just saying a simple prayer. This can happen all the time. Somebody, you know, I I remember, and this is why I don't even go downtown anymore for (laughs) New Year's. I was going downtown for New Year's, having a great time with my family, and I step on somebody's shoe. Go figure. And I turned around and I said, I'm sorry. And the dude gets in my face, that's right, buddy. I was like, oh, my goodness, we about to throw down right here. (laughs) I was just like, hey, man, my bad, you know, and I just kind of stepped off. I could have took offense to it and been like, ugh, but I just kind of left it. Other times, there, I was, uh, you know, being a youth pastor, you always, there's always something happening. And I remember this mom called me, and she was upset about her daughter. Nothing that I did, nothing even happened. I don't know why. She was just in a bad mood that day. So she called me, and she cussed me out every single book in Spanish and in English, up and down for 30 minutes. You this, you this, I can't believe it, blah, 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 blah. And I just sat there and was like, okay, look, I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry you felt like that. Nothing that no, Nobody did anything. By the end of it, she was like, you know what, Josh, I'm so sorry. I apologize for my attitude. You have done such a great job with my children. Thank you, thank you, thank you. The apology from her came. But the point is what I'm making is that I could have internalized it, And became a captive to unforgiveness and said, you know what? Guess what, guys? Your mom did you dirty, so I'm going to do you guys dirty. Because your mom, you know, cussed me out. I'm going to make your life a living hell here at church. Yeah, buddy. You know what? I need you guys to go clean toilets. (laughs) Yeah, go sit in the corner. Time out. You know, this can happen all the time. Something happens and you just ask for forgiveness. Lord, forgive me. Lord, I release that person. It's a, if a simple prayer doesn't work, you got, there's a time where you have to examine what is affecting you. Is it maybe be possibly that you move from a captive to a prisoner? And Matthew 18 is the parable of the prisoners. If you have your Bibles this afternoon, open up to Matthew 18, verse 21. We all know this portion of scripture, but it's an amazing parable about unforgiveness. I brought my little Bible today, so it's in three point. Yay, I'm old, but not that old. This is what it says in verse 21. It says, then Peter came up to him and said, came up to Jesus, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I will forgive him? As many as seven times? Okay, let me stop right there. You need to understand Jewish culture. You know why he said seven times? Because after seven times, you can be clean and be like, okay, cool. You're good. So Peter was trying to bring that religious mindset, that religious answer. Jesus so if someone sins against me seven times, right? And Jesus is like, no, look, man, we're not doing that religious stuff. And this is how Jesus answers. He said to him, Peter said as many as seven times. And Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 77 times. In other words, not just the seven, but you keep forgiving and you keep forgiving and you keep forgiving and you keep forgiving. There is no boundaries, If your children come up five times, sorry, guys, that was the last draw. I'm not saying that we don't feel like that sometimes. I have five of them. (laughs) There's days where I'm like, okay, my forgiveness ends today. It's over for you. Your mother is the only one that's going to save you from me. But think about it. What if Jesus said, all right, all right, you messed up, Laura, three times. That's it. That's my number today. Sorry. What bad of shape would we be in? We have a God who doesn't go by the religious standards, but a God who loves us and continues to forgive us, even though he steps out of time and he knows you're going to screw up. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's not shocked, but he's still willing to love us and forgive us. Let's keep going. Verse 23, it says, Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife, his children, and all that he had and payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of the servant released him and forgave him the debt. But when the same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him, he began to choke him saying, pay me what you owe. So the fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay you. He refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay his debt. When, this fellow servant saw, when his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed. And they went and reported this to the master, all that had taken place. Then the master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you of all your debts because you pleaded with me. And should not you have mercy on your fellow servants as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother with your heart. You see, beloved, we have this interesting story. You see, because the servant was unwilling to forgive the debt by others in anger, His master turned him over to the tormentors to be tortured until he should pay back what he owes. Now, I don't know about you, but when my wife says, hey, Josh, what would you like for your birthday? I don't say tormentors. Your kids (laughs) do not say, hey, mom, dad, for Christmas, I want tormentors. That doesn't sound like a fun place, but the master of this servant sent him to go be with the tormentors. In verse 35, Jesus states, this is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother from your heart. You see, Jesus shows us that it is important to forgive. Forgiveness is the key to unlock prison doors if you are bound by unforgiveness and it's affecting you in other areas where you're not seeing breakthrough, unforgiveness will keep you bound. But once you forgive, it opens the prison doors. Because once you forgive, you now have taken away legal right of the enemy to operate in your life. Beloved God forgave us. Psalms 32, 1. Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity and whose spirit there is no deceit. You see, I look at this, uh, uh, you know, if you go do a study, the man, the, the first servant who owed the master thousands of talents. I mean, in today's terms, it was thousands and thousands of dollars. But the other guy only owed him like his the other servant only owed a couple couple dollars. You see, in the scheme of life, if you if you look at in the big scheme of life, in the big scheme of things. Jesus paid the ultimate price that we couldn't. That's a debt we cannot pay. It is so it, it is so priceless. It is so much, we can't pay And so God's like, don't worry, I got you. But yet when somebody steps on our toes, when somebody offends us, which equals to a dollar or two in the scheme of things, we get all upset. God cursed them because they did this to me. And God's like, and I forgave you of all of this? And all they did was give you the middle finger or all they did was call you a name or they didn't repay you? Or they went to your house and they broke your doorknob. I, I've heard some wild stories about why people get in fights. I mean, you know, I, I'm not saying, you know, we, we've done plenty of marriage counselings, But, you know, the three, the three things that people get divorced on, sex communication and uh, money. And you always, I've always heard these, the weirdest terms for leaving somebody. Well, they, they just, um, they, they, they snore when they're sleeping. Like, it's some of the wildest stuff, and I'm like, what? If that was the case, my wife would have left me a long time ago. I have a family of seven now, and we go stay in a hotel. They're all like this. Oh, man. Man, dad snores. <laughs> My wife has to poke me. Are you still alive, <laughs> beloved? We are called to be imitators of Christ. God calls us to forgive because He has forgiven us of so much. We are called to forgive our neighbors. I was in um, I was in Mexico a couple years ago, and um, we're at this we're at this church. We we're doing like a little uh, service, and we we're praying for the sick. I'm praying for this one lady. <clears throat> Start praying for her and nothing is happening. And, and her ailment was very simple. I was like, oh man, Jesus take care of this. What's going on? And so the Holy Spirit says, there's unforgiveness here. I said, okay. I asked the lady, I said, I had a translator." I said, is there unforgiveness? She said, yes. I said, is that person here today? She said, no. I said, okay, are you willing to forgive them? She said, yes. We, we prayed. Prayed for one more time. Boom, she was totally healed right then and there. I was like, come on, Jesus. Going around, keep doing, get to another lady. Same scenario. This is one of the wildest things. Same thing. I'm hitting a brick wall. All right, what's going on? I said, ma'am, is, is there, Holy Spirit says, there's unforgiveness. I said, ma'am, is there someone that here that you need to forgive? She said, yes. I, I got excited. I said, all right. Are you willing to forgive them? No. I don't need a translator for that. I kind of looked at my translator and I was like, wow. <laughs> and I just said, he kind of looked at me like, what do we do? And I said, well, I'll just bless you, but there's really nothing I can do. So I just prayed with her and I went on, I went on my way. And she walked out of that building the same way she came in. Why? Because she was upset for whatever reason and she didn't want to let that go. There are consequences. Well, let me say this. I'm not saying that forgiveness is easy. It can be hard, but it's a choice. I've dealt with many young ladies who have been uh, sexually molested by uncles or, or fathers. And that I've, I've seen, I've seen a, a lot that have forgiven them. And I've seen some who've struggled and can't. And they're just like, I, I just can't. And I tell them, well, look, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that it's easy. It's hard. I'm watching these young ladies cry. I mean, I've, I've talked with young men who, who've, been, who, who've been abused, and it's hard, but it is a choice. It's hard, but it is a choice. You may need to check your heart. Are you walking in revenge, resentment, or remembering? Revenge says this, I'm going to get even. My wife knows me. I'm very good at that. Ooh. I'm going to get you. <laughs> she knows me. I could be revengeful. The Lord's dealing with me still. <laughs> Don't worry, I love Jesus. <laughs> but back in, my, back in my younger days, oh, man, I was all about revenge. Oh, man, I'm, I'm going to get you. And I wasn't, like, going to beat you up or anything like that. That just that wasn't the way I did. I'm like, well, I could punch somebody in the eye. Their eye will heal up. But if I can cut them with my words, they may not recover from that. And it wasn't until the Lord had to really deal with me with revenge. Another thing was, is resentment, which says, I am always going to stay angry. Two examples, same thing. Most people know my, I haven't given my full testimony here, um, but most people kind of know bits and pieces. When, I, when we first got married, um, you know, I, I, I had an affair. And, you know, kind of got caught. Had to go before, you know, the the pastor and all that. And people were like, Tiffany, you can leave. You can do whatever she wants, whatever you want. You can bounce, you can whatever. Yeah, biblically, she could. And he asked Tiffany, she'll tell you, oh, God, I wanted to. But the Lord said no. And so she I remember coming together. I, I, you know, we, I went through counseling, deliverance, all this, sat out for a whole year just being restored, and she, gave, she forgave me. And there wasn't that part two, it's resentment. She wasn't, I'm going to stay angry with you. She forgave me, and we went on with life, and we were our better couple now than we ever were. And I tell, I tell folks, if it wasn't for my wife, I probably wouldn't be here. I'd probably be like, you know what? Forget this. Forget this, Jack. She prayed me out of that situation. She did not give up on me. There was another couple. Same thing happened. And the Lord released us to, to really share our testimonies and help couples who go through this, which we love doing, because there was a grace on my wife. And this this, this, um, this other couple that we knew, that we were kind of walking through, she would not the this, this, the husband he was just he was watching pornography that was it, and she just hammered him and just brutalized him and would not let him uh, would not receive forgiveness would always remember and just held him under his thumb or under her thumb, there was no redemptive quality there, that's that second part I am always going to stay angry. To this day, I don't know if she ever released him from that or or whatnot. But there's many times in our life that stuff happens and we stay angry. We stay angry at a loved one, at a spouse, at a child, at a parent. I'll even say this, sometimes we're, we're angry at God. I tell folks, there's three people you need to forgive. You need to forgive somebody else. Maybe somebody did something to you. You need to forgive yourself. People get freaked out. What? Yeah. You can be so hard on yourself. I mean, I had to do that. I mean, I was, I, I, you know, I, I was coming, you know, I, I, for, I was forgiven by my wife and getting restored. But for a, a long time, I could not forgive myself because it's like I knew better. I'm a pastor's son. Now I'm a statistic. I knew and, and I just could not. It wasn't until the Lord had to break me and I had to forgive myself to where I was able to really walk in freedom. The last thing is remembering. And remembering says, I will never forget. That is an attack of the enemy. You see, the devil likes to say, hey, remember what you did way back when? You remember this? You remember that? Your loved ones, your spouse, your kids, your coworkers, they may remember, but Jesus forgets. He takes whatever and throws it into the sea of forgetfulness. But there is always consequences for unforgiveness. In Psalm 66:18, 18, it says, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. Matthew 18, 34, And the Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all what was due. I'll even say this. There's a lot of times we carry husbands with wives. We carry unforgiveness or anger, and then we wonder why our prayers are hindered. Go read Ephesians. Go see what God, what Jesus says about husbands who, who aren't walking in forgiveness with their wives or their spouses. It says your, par- your prayers aren't heard. I had to go check myself. Like, whoa, hold up. Lastly, real quick, Luke 15, 11 through 32. We all know the story of the prodigal son. I won't read it. I'll just kind of paraphrase it real briefly. But there's two parables we're reading. The first parable is the unforgiving servant who did not forgive a little debt. But the second parable is the parable of the prodigal son in Luke 15. You have this son who receives all his inheritance from his father, and he goes to a distant land and he blows all his money. I've been there. I remember when I got turned 17, 18. And the credit card started coming in. Woo! Free money. What? I don't have to pay in t- for 12 months? Come on, Jesus. Decking all out until that 12-month is over. And <laughs> whoa, where'd this come from? <laughs> But we've all been there where we're we're doing our own thing. We're just, you know, living our life. And it says that a famine fell on the land and the son became hungry. And so he found a job feeding pig slop to a pig or to, to a bunch of pigs. And he looked at the pig slop and it says that he came to himself and it says that how much more does my father's hired hands have? I'm eating slop. And they're eating some good food. And so it says that he went to his father. Now, if you continue the story, as you get into like 32, 30, it says that his father was out looking for him. When he saw his son off a far way, he ran to him. The son falls and says, father, forgive me. Don't even call me a son. I'm not worthy. And the son picks him up and says, kisses him, says, hey, guys, it's party time. Bring the fatted calf, get the robe, put the ring on. All this represents, the ring representing authority. And he says, I'm bestowing all of this. That is forgiveness. The father's like, hey, it's all good. Because my son was lost, but now he is found. That's how God views us. He is sitting, looking, and waiting until we come back. He's not like, oh can't believe it. Well, well good good patty it's about time he came back <laughs> i've been waiting for you for a long time i've been waiting to send these judgments to you no <laughs> but god is looking and he's like he's waiting he's like man if they just if they just catch on to that because the enemy wants to lie and deceive us and say god's always mad he's always going to remember Jesus wants us to understand that refusing to forgive opens the door to inner torment. The word tormentors is very important. It means to be in great pain. It means to be in agony. The warning is that those who refuse to forgive will be turned over to uh, torturous thoughts, feelings, feelings of misery and of agonizing unrest within. Some of you in here this morning or even watching online have been tormented with unforgiveness. I want you to understand beyond torment and unforgiveness, there's a threefold effect. The final effect of unforgiveness is disease, is death and is destruction. You may say, how do I know I have unforgiveness? Four things you can do to check yourself. Just like a car. You don't wait till your car is broken. Huh, I'm on the side of the road. Maybe I should take it to the shop. As Soon as that engine light or you think or you feel or you smell or you hear, you get a checkup. We do that in our spiritual walk. We don't run to Jesus until everything's hit the fan and our life is in shambles and we're like, help. We should be every morning when you wake up. I mean, I'm going through Smith Wiggleworth stuff, waking up in the morning. Lord, is there anything in me that is contrary to your word? If there is, Holy Spirit, reveal it. Let's take care of it today. So four things. Number one is ask, ask God to open up your eyes to unforgiveness. You might just think, you might be justified. But just because you're justified doesn't mean that you're supposed to act on it. You might be justified because somebody did something wrong or your mom did something or your dad did something. Yes, the world says you're justified, boo. Go for it. You do you. But Jesus, says, no, we live in a different economy. We live in a different kingdom, and that's not how we operate. If someone does you dirty, you forgive them. Right there, right then. God is a God of heart posture. I tell people this all the time. They think I'm nuts. People are like, I want revenge. I I want God to get them. God will take care of that situation. But God is really looking at your heart posture. How is your heart posture towards this situation? It could be unforgiveness, it could be getting denied a job that you thought, and you're like, wait a minute. God is looking at your heart posture. Number two is seek genuine forgiveness from those individuals. Don't be like your kids. You know, I'll be 40 this year. My oldest is 17. My youngest is nine months. And there's been times they're duking it out and they're fighting. And then you break them up. All right, ask for forgiveness. <sighs> I forgive you. <laughs> Fine, I forgive you. Whatever. I'm sorry. I'm like, I'm like dude, that is not true, repentance. That's not true forgiveness.
1: Uh, fine, I'm just a-
0: okay, go to your room and think about it until you really come. True forgiveness is going up to an indiv- individual and be like, hey, look, I'm sorry. Um, you said this, and I was offended. It, it, it hurt my feelings. Um, I just want to say, I'm, I'm sorry. Would you please forgive me? And I release you. They may look at you crazy, but it doesn't really matter. God's looking at your heart posture. Who cares? I, I've done it. Hey, I'm sorry, I, I, you know, and would you forgive me? And they're looking at, sure, I I didn't know. And a lot of times you'll find out they don't even know you had the problem. That's the funny thing. You're tormented at night. Oh, I can't believe that. And they're sleeping sound in their bed. Oh, really? Oh, wow, I didn't know you're upset at me. Wow, that's shocking news. Number two is seek genuine forgiveness. Number three, is ask for God's grace to help you forgive. There's some things that are very hard. Could be a cheating spouse. It could be an abusive parent. It could be whatever that might be a little bit more difficult than a forgive me. And you really do need the grace of the father. People ask Tiffany, how did you forgive your husband? And she, was, she literally says, it was literally grace, period. That's the only way I did it. And number four, ask God to forgive you, to cleanse you of the pain and sorrow. Don't go home jacked up and still feeling, oh, I'm sick and and, and just crummy because you're upset with someone. Unforgiveness is drinking poison and expecting the other person to get sick.